Welcome to the podcast for Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our Ormo campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au If you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation and our world. Hey, let me just add to Donna's welcome. Great that you're here with us this morning. And uh, especially those that are newer in this space, we're so glad that you made your way here to what is... We've had some interesting services outside, but what a glorious day to be sitting outside. And uh, thanks to everybody on our teams that kind of pitched in a little bit more to make this happen today, especially to this man over here, Jono, who uh, without this service wouldn't be happening. So I think we can just thank him for that. We're continuing a journey through the book of Ephesians. If you're unfamiliar with the Bible... Uh, in the latter part, what we call the New Testament, um, a guy by the name of the Apostle Paul writes a series of letters to some newly formed churches uh, through what would now be kind of modern day Turkey. And the book that we're reading from at the moment is a letter that he wrote to a church in a place called Ephesus. Ephesus was a crazy, busy, uh, diverse, multicultural, uh, epicenter of life in ancient times, and this new group of Christians were forming a church. And so Paul, who had uh, gone and started these churches, was writing to the churches and helping them as new believers and, and new converts to the story of Jesus understand a bit more of who God was and a bit more of how they should operate. And so we've been looking through the book of Ephesians because underlying so much of the narrative of this letter is the story of identity. Who are we? Who has God formed us to be? And the the, the overarching sense of who we are is found in two words. We are in Christ. And finding our identity in Christ changes so much of the narrative that culture throws at us about who we are. So we've looked at the fact that, you know, in Christ we are chosen. God chose you. God thinks you are worth the effort. We look at the fact that we are loved. That despite anything you've done or where you've been from, that the love of God for you is so deep that it, it looks over all of those other things and invites you to be part of who He is. You're chosen to be part of His family. We looked at a passage that Paul says, you've been adopted into sonship. And it was a very patriarchal culture. If he was wrote it today, he'd say, you've been adopted into sonship or daughtership. In other words, God invites you to be part of His family. So we're invited to find our identity in Christ and who we are. And so when we read Ephesians chapter 4 today, it's not in isolation from this building thought. It was a letter after all. Paul didn't write a five-part sermon. He wrote a letter. And so the thought continues. It builds. It builds on everything that we've gone before. But Paul wants to unpack a little bit more today of what it means to be part of God's family. You know, we all find connection with people based on common or shared interests. Maybe you're part of a uh, community group that has formed because of a love of sport or a love of fishing or a love of craft or scrapbooking or a love of farming. We we find connection with people because of shared interest. We find connection with people because they're our family. Now, some of you are looking around going, if it wasn't for the shared bond of family, we probably wouldn't hang out. Now, I, I find it... Jordan and Hannah just looked at each other and nodded. (laughs) Some love in the front row. I can't really share about sibling rivalry because I'm an only child. 
uh, chosen, spoilt, all of those things that come with being an only child. But I married into a family where Chrissy is one of seven siblings. And so I've had uh, the, the picture and the observation of being part of a bigger family and observing all of the dynamics. And if you had the chance to meet Chrissy and all of her sisters, they are also different. Different in interest, different in age, different in personality, different in the things that upset them and annoy them and different in the things that they love and they're passionate about. It just There's so much difference. I would say that if it wasn't for the bond of family, Chrissy and I probably wouldn't have a lot to do with a lot of her sisters. And that's not that they're not good people, it's just that we're really different. And we probably wouldn't have walked in the same circles. But there's something stronger than difference, isn't it? It's the bond of family. And so when Paul speaks in Ephesians chapter 14, he actually wants to pick up this theme, but he wants to take, uh, sorry, Ephesians 4. There is no Ephesians 14. Can we edit that out of the podcast, please? Actually, could you put a huskier voice on me in the podcast this week? It'd be good. Ephesians chapter 4, Paul wants to build on this theme of family, but he wants to take it one step further. Now, we don't have screens today with message notes, so often we put the scripture up for you to read along, but I want you just to think, what do you reckon Paul wants us to hear? Just listen as I read from Ephesians 4, verses 1 to 4, and then onwards. As a prisoner for the Lord then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling that you've received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for the works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in your faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Now, if you're following along in your Bibles, you'll notice I skipped a few verses there. Um, I encourage you, if you're in a life group, do a study on those couple of verses because when you read it, you go, what on earth is Paul talking about? So just... There's a great kind of word study for you to do when you get home, but I just jumped over a few verses just to keep the thought going for us today so we didn't get bogged down in that. But if Paul's got one point for us to hear in this passage, I reckon there's one word that sums it up. One. Just, if we were going to paraphrase, he says this, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. For there is one body, one Spirit, one hope, one God and Father of it all. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. Paul, when someone continues a theme and keeps using the same word, I think they want to get us, want us to get a hold of what he's saying. You know, Paul wants to make it very clear that the compelling vision of the church is found in this idea of oneness. Not found in conformity. In other words, he's not saying we should all look the same, sound the same, you know, cut our hair the same, dress the same love all the same stuff. That's, that's not what Paul wants to get at with oneness. He actually wants to say that, that our oneness is not found in con- conformity, but it's found in our diversity. And this is an incredibly compelling picture of who we as the body of Christ are called to be. But it's a really challenging one to maintain. And it's why Paul says to us, 
make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. In other words, we're going to work hard at this. But the vision of the church is that we are unified in our diversity. The vision of the church is that we find oneness in our difference. And we talk about this a lot, but you know, you're not here because everyone here is the same as you. Look, we could pull out a hundred different topics and find diversity of thought, diversity of attitude. We've spoken about this a lot in the last 12 months, but I could find people here that have very different political leanings, have very different family values, have very different work attitudes, have very different family background and stories, have come from different parts of the world and been impacted by that. But we're not called as the church to focus on and highlight our difference. We're called to highlight and guard and protect that if it's unity. Elsewhere in Romans chapter 12, the Bible tells us this, that if it's possible, as far as it depends on you, in other words, you, me, live at peace with everyone. See, there's a, there's a proactive role that we're given here that we as God's people are to protect the things that bring us together, not the things that separate us. It's really challenging in a world that is separated and uh, that, that loves to focus on difference. Now, I'm just going to pick on a couple of people here. They're going to hate me for it. But Jakin, could you just come join me out the front? Pick these couple of people for a reason. Al, I know you're going to love this, mate. Come out the front. I'll just ask these two guys if they could sing a duet for me this morning. <laughs> come stand over here, Alex. I, I'm, I'm completely fascinated when I look at these two young men that they don't get confused by others in the street. Because I don't know about you, but I just see so much similarity. Anyone else with me? I nearly got James up, but this wouldn't have worked in my illustration. Because I've even seen Sophie lean over to give Alex a hug and then realise it wasn't her husband. But I don't know about you, but I just see so much similarity in these two guys. And you all think, do you see it in each other? Do you look and go, it's just like my doppelganger. Same hair colour. Here's my point, right? We look at these two guys and we go, well, I mean, Al's a bit taller than Jakin. Jakin's got a nicely formed, combed kind of hairstyle, a little bit of a ginger tinge. Alex hasn't combed or washed his hair for at least three months. I mean, white shirt, blue shirt, denim jacket, green puffer jacket, white shoes, black jeans. We found some similarity. But, but here's my point, like... We, we, we look at the 5%, don't we? Because I could say to you, I see so much that's similar about these guys. Put out your hands for a minute. Two hands, five fingers. Two ears, two eyes, a nose, nostrils, hair on the head, teeth, mouth, lips, knees, elbows, feet. But my point is, it's, it's a crazy illustration, but my point is, if we actually want to draw a picture about what's the same about these two guys, we could create a list that's hundreds of items long. Two men that actually in themselves and in their physical attributes carry so much that is similar, but we all become accustomed to pick that which is different. You guys look nothing alike, by the way. Can we just give these guys a hand this morning? You know, we live in a world that's so attuned to focus on that which is different. We always... (laughs) 
Wrong family there, Alex. <laughs> we look at that which is different. But we're invited as the church, as people of faith, to look at that which unites us, not that which divides us. And so Paul says this, you're invited to be part of one family. He says, there's one God and Father of all. So we're one family, even though there's many siblings. What's the thing that unites a family? We're united by blood. You know, what's the thing that unites the family of God? That there's a story that we all share that is actually united by the shedding of the blood of the Son of God on the cross. For us, we are one family, we have many siblings. Paul says it, there's one body, one spirit, just as you were called, the one hope when you were called. But there is one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. So we are one body. So I want to make a little side note here and it's something I've spoken of a few times over the last 10 years, but you just got to look around the community and see everywhere there's a whole bunch of different churches, different denominations, different styles, different experiences if you step into them. And one of the things we do a lot when we look at different churches is we pick on the things that are different. I want to encourage us here at Gateway Baptist Church. You know, a lot of you are here because you found a place that you feel comfortable and you feel home and you feel loved and you feel valued and there's a style about this place that you, that, that you love. I hope that's the case. But it's really easy sometimes for us as people of faith to look at other expressions of the church and criticise that which is different. We're called to be bigger than that. When Paul says there's one Father overall, he's not just talking about Gateway Baptist Church Ormo. He's talking about every person that declares that Jesus is Lord. And I want to encourage us to be people that actually champion the local church no matter what shape, denomination, style, no matter what we love or the things that we choose. So I want to just, anyone good with crows? I don't like crows. Here's my point. When we read this, let's not just limit it to who we are together here. Let's just be reminded that we're actually called to protect the unity and the oneness of who we are with the whole group of people across this globe that declare that Jesus is Lord. So we're one family with many siblings, but the Bible's very clear. Oh, Ron Main, if there was ever a man, man of the land to get rid of the birds, come on, give him a cheer. <laughs> There's always something that makes our outdoor services just unique, isn't there? Hey, so what I want to talk about today, church, is why it would be really great for us to build a home one day. (laughs) One family, many siblings, but the thing that brings us together is that we find our unity in God as our Father. But it's not just about one family and many siblings. Paul wants to make it very clear that within that family, we're all called the one purpose, but we have many roles. And Paul goes on in his passage to talk about, you know, within the body of Christ, there's prophets and apostles and teachers and evangelists. And if you read some of his other works, he he expands this list of the roles that people are called to in the body of Christ. He talks about, you know, there's people that have gifts of help and administration and hospitality. 
There's people that have gifts of leadership and there's people that have the gifts of generosity and giving. And it doesn't mean that none of us lean into some of those spaces at different times. It's just that God has gifted different ones to carry this role within the body of Christ. It's one of the most compelling visions of the church that we don't exist for our own purpose, but we exist together for one purpose that is greater than all of ours. You know, earlier this year, and it's the reason I'm preaching in a t-shirt today, we, are, we looked as a church and said, we, we want to give some language to all the different roles that people play within our church to serve the one purpose of growing the church and declaring that Jesus is Lord. And so we started uh, this new kind of little language around our staff team called Team Gateway. And, and the reason we talk Team Gateway is this, we live in a very individualistic world. We live in a very me-focused world. And so often we can approach a church with a me-focused attitude. What can I get? What can I bring? How can I elevate myself? How can I be celebrated? We live in a world that celebrates celebrity and, and there's something within us sometimes that wants to be acknowledged and recognised. But within the narrative of the local church, it's never about who you are and what you do. It's about who we are and what we do. And here's the point, all of us have been given something by God in our hand and we're all different in it, but unless all of us bring it, we're not going to be as good as we could be together. Now, by the grace of God, He's given me the opportunity to stand in front of you guys with a microphone and, and talk about what the Word and what the Bible says. It's just part of how God has gifted me. I sat in a group with a whole bunch of guys from here at man camp on the weekend and about three or four of them said, there is nothing that I despise more than the thought of speaking publicly in front of people. And I thought, oh man, that's, I don't mind that space. But there's some things that you guys are good at that just, I can't think of anything worse. But we live in a world that likes to elevate some roles, don't we? And celebrate some things over others. But the idea of a team is this. No team can win based on an individual. Good teams only win because everybody finds their place and plays their role. And so when we talk about the church, what we want to say is that everybody's got a part to play and a role to play. And it's not about getting somebody else's notoriety to rise. It's actually about all of us giving glory to God and allowing His fame to rise. And that only happens when we all find our part and play our role. Question I've got for you is this, what has God put in your hand? We've got to be very careful that we don't look at the few within the church and expect that they're the ones that carry the purpose and the mission. God is not going to judge you based on how well I do. God is not going to judge the God based on how well you do. All of us one day give account for our life and how we've used whatever it is that God has given us. But the vision of the church is one purpose. One purpose, one body, but many roles. So one of our dreams as a church is to help you find your place where you can use the gifts and the passions and the talents that God has given you, that are unique to you, that make you come alive. When you get to do them, you go, this is just where I love to be. Because when you bring the best of who you are, we corporately together get better. Have you seen that? Have you been to an event where the organisers organise? You don't want to come to an event that I organise. But, you know, I can jump on stage and, and kind of lead from that space. But, man, unless the work gets done behind the scenes, we're standing out here today, you're all sitting on the ground, and I'm just kind of yelling at you. 
Because we need people that have different gifts and different skills. We need people that have you know, creative gifts to actually help us engage with God in a different way. We need people that just love to help everybody experience welcome. To know that they're loved, valued, accepted, and that it doesn't matter where you've come from, what you've done, what you think of yourself and what you think God thinks of you, but this is a great place where you're welcome to be. We need people that have a passion for God's Word, to study it and unpack it and teach it and help it come alive to those that are still trying to learn who God is and what He thinks of them. We need people that have a passion for the next generation. We need people that actually have a dream and a desire just to kind of pour their life out for the poor and the marginalised and those that are doing it really tough. We need people that just are passionate about prayer ministry and passionate about cooking meals for people, passionate about hospitality, passionate about administration. It doesn't matter. You add what it is that you're passionate about in that list and you know what, say, God, here it is and he'll take it and use it for his glory because there's one purpose but there's many roles. Finally, I want to say this. There's one hope, but there's many stories. Paul says this. There's one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope. One hope. In other words, we share a message and we carry a message together that points us all to the same place. That Jesus is Lord He loves us so much that he poured his life out for us so that we can be forgiven and redeemed and transformed. We can find our place in a family. God places us in a family. We're not doing this alone. God compliments us with others that are different to us and invites us to do it together with them. But we have one hope. We have one hope and that hope is Jesus. You know, one of the things that God has gifted the church with is a couple of uh, practices and any of you in the Baptist tradition of church, we're not always good on kind of elevating. You go to some other churches where tradition and practice and liturgy is very front and center in the way they uh, do things when they gather. And we're kind of, it's not as obvious for us at times, but we've got a couple of practices that actually remind us of this very message that Paul has preached. And in just a moment, we're going to share in one of those. And if you'd like to be part of the communion meal today and you haven't got some of the juice, I'm just going to get some of the welcome team. Maybe, Christy, if there's a bucket still, if you just hang on the side. If you want to grab some, you can do that. But God's given us some simple practices that help us remind ourselves that we're bonded by one story. Because we could spend a lot of our life focusing on that which is different when the invitation of the Scripture is to focus on that which brings us together. And ultimately, the place where we find our unity is in the story of Jesus. And the story of Jesus is this, that God didn't give up on you or the human project, but chose to clothe himself in humanity and come as the man Jesus to show us what life looked like when God was in charge, to show us what grace and compassion actually looked like in practice, what justice and kindness and hope actually looked like when it was clothed not just in some ethereal idea, but in God himself. And the Bible tells us this. If you want to know what God is like, look at Jesus. Look at the way he spoke to people, the way he treated people. And look that ultimately he gave his life as a sacrifice to express to you how much he loved you. And we have a common story that brings us together. And so when we come into this place 
The thing we shouldn't do is celebrate all the things that divide us or that we're different in. And you know what? We're going to have to work hard. Paul says that. Work hard. Work hard at guarding your unity. Because man, some of you guys frustrate the daylights out of me and I frustrate the daylights out of you. And you could say the same about everybody else because that's just part of who we are humanly. And so Paul says, you've got to work hard at this unity thing. But one of the ways that we keep the unity thing front and centre is to be reminded of the very thing that brings us together and make that central and elevated above everything else. Because when you do that, everything else pales in insignificance. And so in just a moment, we're going to share in this communion meal. This is a little bit of, I was going to call it bread, but these days a little bit of wafer and some juice that just reminds us of the Lord Jesus whose body was broken and blood was shed so that we could be gives us as a gift. But just before we do that, there's another little thing that he gives us as a gift. And it's mentioned in this passage, but there's this thing that we, uh, we don't get to observe very often in our practice here because of some of the physical challenges of the Ormo campus. But it's, uh, it's almost inherent a little bit in our name, isn't it? It's this concept of baptism. Baptism is a public declaration of what Christ has already done. It's a public declaration of saying to a group of people, I just, I'm just here to declare that I am a follower of Christ, that I've accepted his love and his grace and his sacrifice to be part of my story. But it's not just a personal activity, baptism. Baptism is actually something that when you read through the history of it and the intent of it, actually is something that reminds us that we're being welcomed into a family. See, in baptism, we declare what God's done for us, but we also declare that we're joining with the whole history of people that have gone before and that will come after that declare that Jesus is Lord. And through this act of entering into his story symbolically, through the death, burial and resurrection of Christ, as we go down into the water, our old life is immersed in a brand new life of Jesus. And we say to all the people that witness it, I'm on Jesus' team. I'm with you. I'm part of your story too now. We don't get saved through baptism. Baptism is not a salvation step. Salvation is part of a good and healthy and normal Christian story where we too together remind ourselves that we are now immersed in Jesus' story and he's put us in a family in which we can find a home, find a hope and find a purpose with others that cheer us on and walk alongside us. I want to give you a challenge this morning. If you've never taken the step of being baptised, but you're someone that's chosen to put your faith in Jesus, that's going to be your next step. And as we finish the service today, Jimmy, myself, it's going to be loafing around the front here. That's a bad word, isn't it? We're just going to be hanging around the front here. We'd just love to talk to you about what it might mean for you to take your step of baptism and we're going to be organising a baptism service in the next little while uh, it was awesome one of my favourite days this year was standing Christmas Creek as seven of our church family got baptised well uh, we don't quite have Christmas Creek but you know we've got Pimpamar River at the back that we might just kind of go through the lantana and no we won't make it that hard but hey we'd love you to be part of that hey can we stand can I invite the band to come and join me why don't you grab your communion if you've got it Communion is a family meal and Paul wants to let us know that part of the invitation of Jesus is to be part of a family that celebrates what unites us 
doesn't focus on that that divides us. And the only way that we can ever maintain that beautiful ideal of oneness is to be reminded of the thing that sits central in our story, and it's the story of Jesus, who has redeemed us, who forgives us, who loves us, who chooses us, and who invites us to be part of His family. So as we worship together this morning, we're going to sing that, that song, isn't it? Hymn of Heaven. And there's a line in there that I really want you to focus on as you take communion as we just land the service this morning. It's this land. I stand with a thousand generations. See, this isn't just a story about Gateway Ormo this morning. This is a story about everybody who has declared that Jesus is Lord, that has gone before and that will go after and that 500 metres down the road is singing praise to Him this morning and five kilometres down the road is singing praise to Him this morning. Every gathering, every person, every generation, every tribe, every tongue under heaven, when they stand and declare that Jesus is Lord, guess what? They stand with us in saying, we choose to celebrate the thing that unites us. In all of our diversity and difference, we choose to make the number one thing, the thing that brings us together. So as you share communion together today, you do it with a thousand generations that have gone before. And then hold on to the hope, the hymn of heaven is the name of this song, because that is the hope that we have, one hope that one day we will stand with that thousand generations and raise our voices and raise our hearts and raise our eyes to the one that brings us together worship of Him. Let me pray and then we're going to sing and you take communion in your own time as you're ready. But Lord Jesus I just want to thank You that You give us a place to belong. Lord in a world that is overwhelmed by isolation and loneliness in a world that is so attuned to pointing out people's differences Your story is the thing that unites us. No matter where we've come from, no matter what our back story is, what our family history is, what our voting preference is, Lord, what our attitude is to a thousand things. None of that matters when we make you front and centre of our story. Lord, I pray that as we share in this meal today, we would be reminded of the thing that unites us. That we would work hard as your people to guard that unity. That we might be a testament to a broken world that there is, there is something greater, there is something greater to aspire to and be part of that a place to belong a place to discover purpose and hope thank you Jesus when you take communion as you're ready and lift your voices in worship we hope you've been blessed by this message we are a growing family and we would love to see you at one of our Sunday services because everyone who comes through our doors is welcome You can find out more about our community and locations at gatewaybaptist.com.au.